0: This morning, there will be a guided meditation uh, developing the theme that I talked about uh, last night in the Dharma talk on the nature of awareness. If you particularly would like to have a quiet sitting this morning, this is a different destination. So you're welcome to exit the plane at this point and find a quiet place to sit. We'll be having guidance during this meditation. This is a guided meditation on the theme of an expansive awareness, uh, often called the Big Mind Meditation, along the lines of Suzuki Roshi's quote, where he said, The Big Mind experiences everything within itself. So we'll see if that's part of our possible experience. So please sit comfortably for the meditation. In this meditation, it's helpful if you can be fairly still in your body because stillness in the body will help support the stillness in the mind. So you don't have to strain or be stiff, but if you sit comfortably, that will help you to be unmoving during the meditation. So we'll begin by bringing our attention to sounds to the experience of hearing. So to allow this, let your awareness become wide and expansive. Like a big clear sky or like empty space. And just allow all the sounds to appear and disappear in this vast empty space of awareness. Because the hall tends to be fairly quiet, I'll add some sounds from time to time in the form of bells, but the sitting doesn't end until you hear three rings of the big bell. (laughs) So don't stop. Allowing all the sounds to appear and disappear in the big empty space of awareness. not resisting any sound, not holding on to any sound. Just allowing all sounds to come and go in the big empty space of awareness. This awareness is like the sky, it's clear and has no limit. To see if it's like that, look directly at the nature of your own awareness. And now bringing the attention to take in sensations throughout the body. Sensations in the body are just points of sensing, points of feeling. They arise and glimmer like stars in the sky at night. in this open, empty space of awareness. In the actual fact of our experience, there's no head, no shoulders, no back, no chest, no arms, no legs. There are just points of sensation, points of feeling, arising and changing, all in this empty vastness of awareness. In this awareness, there's no inside and no outside. Just sounds and sensations arising, changing, passing in this one open space of awareness. To see if it's like that, look directly at the nature of your own awareness. Let the mind be soft and open and still, not moving toward or away from any appearance. There's no inside and no outside, just sounds and sensations arising and passing in this one empty space of awareness. And now becoming aware of thoughts and images. Thoughts and images are just like clouds passing through the sky. They don't have any roots. They don't have any home. They arise, drift, and pass away, all in this empty vastness of mind. Look at the nature of this awareness. It's clear and invisible, like vast space. It doesn't have any form or boundary. This awareness is, but it doesn't quite exist. It contains all things, but it's not composed of them. Awareness is empty and without any foundation. It's insubstantial, like the sky. To see if it's like that, look directly at the nature of your own awareness. And for the last minutes, for the last minutes of the sitting, putting all these together, sounds simply appearing and disappearing all around, sensations in the body arising and glimmering like stars in the night sky, thoughts and images drifting like clouds rootless and homeless all within this one vast and open space of awareness to see if it's like that look directly at the nature of your own awareness So this meditation uh, actually was developed by Joseph Goldstein. Um, Named it Big Mind after Suzuki Roshi, but the text that it came from is a Tibetan text originally translated into English as the Tibetan Book of the Great Liberation, which I think is a nice pointing to where this goes. But a later translator said, no, 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 that's not the right title. The right title in Tibetan is Self-Liberation, through seeing with naked awareness. So I like this title because it sort of points to the fact you want to see the awareness directly, as directly as you can in its kind of naked state. And that has the potential to liberate. So one question that came um, out of the talk last night is, so you can, maybe you can access this awareness, connect with it, where's the insight in it? Is it just seeing impermanence? And the answer is no. This is a meditation that can unfold a lot of insight. And that's due to the third quality. Emptiness, cognizance, and responsiveness. So one of the things that responds out of this state is wisdom. And it's wisdom that leads to insight. So one of the insights, of course, that will come is impermanence. Because all these Appearances are just coming and going. That becomes clear. Once impermanence becomes clear, it's clear there's nothing to hold on to. There's no point in holding. Someone said in an interview the other day, well, I saw I was wanting something, but in the light of impermanence, it just doesn't make any sense. Because as soon as I get it, it's going to go away. And this is so true, and this is one of the insights that this meditation reveals. The empty aspect of what we see here is basically tied to anatta. In the empty space, there's nothing fixed, so there's no fixed self in it. So here we have the impermanence, the unsatisfactoriness, and the not-self all clearly visible within this one meditation approach. And then other insights come out of that you know, One of the other aspects of the emptiness I mentioned was seeing the lack of solidity in sense, sense appearances. The lack of solidity in the sight of a wall, for instance, in a world that we normally think is really solid. So also this kind of seeing through the assumed solidity of phenomena is part of the insights. Also the fact when the mind is open and at ease, Qualities like love and compassion come forth really easily as part of the responsiveness. So this one practice can bring a lot together for people. If it resonates for you, play with it. So one of the other things I wanted to do is suggest some ways to get there. So this way that we just uh, worked with this morning called Big Mind is certainly a good way in if it resonates for you. So the main thing is the image of awareness as a big, empty sky. So if you can connect with that sense, it's like the big, empty sky, and in that, everything has the space to arise and pass away. So sounds, sensations, thoughts, and images were what we focused on. So if you want to remind yourself of it, I would go through those four steps. Big, empty sky, sounds, sensations, thoughts, and images. And then the instruction is, look at the nature of your own awareness. That's a little bit of poetry, right? There's not like a really clear way to do that, but you discover how to do that, to look at the nature of your own awareness. So this is the big mind approach. If you find this helpful, you can do this for some periods during the day. I see it as just a kind of extension of our choiceless attention practice. In choiceless attention, we're opening up in the same broad way, but we're still focusing on the objects that come and go. Here we shift the focus of attention to the awareness itself, the big field itself. We still know the appearances, right? You didn't stop hearing, you didn't stop feeling, you didn't stop thinking, or if you did, let me know. That's high level. (laughs) Generally, we don't need to stop thinking. It's not the point. Sometimes it happens. So we're still aware of appearances, but we're not making the effort to connect and sustain our attention to them. We're staying in the big open knowing space. So it's just a little shift from choiceless attention to move to the awareness itself, to move to the knowing. And then we're kind of in, in big mind. So there are a few other ways to get here. And I think... It's helpful to have a few techniques if you like this practice and want to work with it a little more, helpful to have a few techniques. So the first one I'm going to explain comes from an English writer, teacher named Douglas Harding, who wrote a book called On Having No Head. So he was a student of Ramana Maharshi. Ramana Maharshi taught in a lineage called Advaita Vedanta, Advaita means non-dual. Vedanta is a yogic tradition that's been in India for a long time. My understanding is that the Advaita school, the non-dual school, was um, heavily influenced by Mahayana Buddhism. So it's a little bit lost in the mist of history, perhaps, but there are similar roots. So Ramana Maharshi was kind of all about exploring this big awareness in his teachings. So Douglas Harding had just come out um, of spending time at the ashram, the Ramana ashram that I think Carol mentioned in one of her talks, which is in southern India. And he was just exploring the ideas that he had been working with at the ashram and he started investigating his own experience. And he said he, um, he followed uh, his feet and on up his legs with the visual image and saw that that ended about the waist. And then he followed his arms up and that ended about the shoulder. And then he followed his belly and chest up with his eyes and saw it ended about here. And then he tried to keep going into the head, but he didn't see any head. So what did he see when he got to the head? A big empty space where the world was. So that's why his book is called On Having No Head. And what it suggests is that if you turn the attention In the direction of the head, or let's say the eyes, you sometimes wind up in this big empty space of awareness. This is the second technique that you could use, which is kind of turning the attention back on itself. Wherever the looking is coming from, turn the attention in that direction, whether you call it the head, the eyes, or whatever, and see if you end up in this big open space. Then there are some simple phrases that sometimes work for people. One that I mentioned last night is just to ask, am I aware? And you ask, am I aware? You're not looking particularly for the answer. You're looking for the experience that comes out of the question. So that will often drop you into a big space of awareness. Another one that is kind of um, similar to the Douglas Harding turning is to ask the question, who is looking? So you're looking, it could be eyes closed, eyes open, but there's a sense of observing and you ask, who is looking or who is observing? And you don't try to think about it. And you don't think that there's a me there. What do you get? You could ask it right now, who is looking? Where does it take you? So that can also take you into this big Empty space within. So, whichever technique appeals to you, once you connect with that space of awareness, you can simply rest there. You don't need to do anything else. Just rest. So that's the other nice thing about this practice. It leads us into an experience of non-doing. I think Joseph might have mentioned the other night that practice ultimately comes down to a lot of not doing. This is a good avenue to touch that space of non-doing. Resting. Don't do anything. Now, this not doing and this connection with awareness may not last all that long. That's okay. If there's a clear sense of it, you can let that sort of um, continue for a bit. like. When you hear a bell, it's really clear, and then as time goes on, it just goes mm, fades away. So same thing, when you ring the bell of awareness, it go, wakes up and goes mmm and then it sort of fades away. So just stay with that fading. You've turned, you've recognized, let it hum for a while. If you get distracted, you can look again and refined awareness. So it may only last a few seconds in the beginning. But as the practice goes on, it tends to last longer. A big supportive condition for this practice working well is a degree of concentration. Which is why we wait until later in the retreat to introduce it. Because now that you're settled, you have some stability already. I taught a retreat here once. It was a shorter retreat where we introduced big mind on the first day, it didn't go over all that well. It's hard to connect when there's not some stability underneath. But at this point in the retreat, you have more stability. And so the turning to awareness can really open up this sense and the possibility of resting there. So... Those are some of the positive things about this practice. I'd say the, um, you know, every technique, every approach has its plus and minus. I think the difficulty here is without any clear anchor, such as in the body or sounds or emotions, it's easier for the attention to drift away. So all the space that this opens up can lead to spacing out. So when I practice with this in retreat, I practice quite a bit this way, And then I will balance it with periods of coming into what I would call object-oriented practice. So coming back to the breath as an anchor, or the body as an anchor, or sounds as an anchor. Letting the attention collect again with something really clear um, that you find easy to connect with. And then when you feel collected again, open up again to this big space of awareness. Again, one of the main beauties of this approach is that when you're resting in awareness, you don't have to fuss with the appearances that are coming. You know them. You're not cut off. Awareness is still knowing. But you don't have to take them up. It's really the taking up of sense objects that leads to grasping and leads to struggle and leads to confusion. So if resting in awareness helps you stay in a place non-grasping, non-clinging, openness, ease, then this can be a helpful practice for you. Okay, I think that's all I really wanted to say about it. Have fun playing with it. It's always with you. It's one of those objects that's always there. can always turn to it. And um, have an aware day. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.